Welcome to the Creative Play and Podcast Network. Join us as we share our favorite RPGs, one-shot games, tabletop games, reviews, and convention panels. Sit back and enjoy the show. So before we start session one, in the middle of all kinds of craziness in the plaza, let's knock out that RPG a day 2023. Mm. As I'm totally going through my phone to find where I put RPG a day 2023. (laughs) Favorite character. Yep. So uh, hashtag RPG a day is where we talk about RPGs and gaming and cool things in a positive note. See, I I key on the fact that they say a positive note, unless it's the negative. Wow. And August the eighth is your favorite character. Character being in bold, so it can either be your favorite character or something involving <laughs> character. In case the favorite character was not uh, prompty enough for you. Anybody, anybody want to dive on the, on the sword there? Or the lightsaber in, in this case? <laughs> well, um, uh, I am one of my favorite characters is uh, one of my D&D characters. Um, her name is uh, uh, Lil, the Crooked Smile. She is Aww. a changeling bard. <laughs> <laughs> she is ridiculous. It is Lilith's so, so much, much fun. fun to just. Oh, it's like a, your Tabaxi though is. I love your Tabaxi in that game, but uh, um, I get to basically play whoever I want. I can change. I have like six. I think no six now. Um, individual personas that have their own special. You know. Histories, backgrounds, you know, type of thing, as well as being able to pop in, you know, become anyone I want. I have accents and personalities for each of the the, the personas. It's a hoot. (laughs) (laughs) I get to have this total split personality. It's (laughs) awesome. And who is she today? Yes, she has different different ways to identify her character too. Yep. <laughs> so like uh when we're gaming in person, I have little pen cards. <laughs> yeah. And nice. in uh roll twenty I can uh uh, her bio tab shows the different colors, but I, I put a colored dot on each of my characters. I actually do have pictures, but it's really hard to switch those out. Um, uh, for each of the personas. Um, but, uh, so I use the color dots to, uh, indicate on roll 20, which, which character I'm in. And you'll never see me in my base form, typically. My, because, of course, you know, changelings are, you know, but yeah. So that's my, in general, favorite character. Who's next? Nice. And it is great because her character lets her have altaholicness in D and D. Yeah, pretty much. So I kind of I, I have one for sure, which is going to seem like a cop out, but I kind of want to before I go into that one, go with one that absolutely was not my favorite character, but could have possibly been. It's 
So let me start with that one, if you don't mind. Um, years and years ago, Jeff was running a, a campaign in D&D. And the way it was going to go is that he was going to meet with each of the players to roll their, their starting stats and then do a little, uh, and he's already giggling because he knows where this story is going. Um, and then he's going to do a little short one-shot adventure that would get the character to the point where they meet the other characters and all get together. And so we sit down and I start rolling my dice and we were doing the standard um, 4D6 method of, you know, roll 4D6, re-roll any ones once, and then pick your best three dice. And I was on fire not a single roll below a 16 wow. literally oh nice i had a golden character until we started the one shot <laughs> oh no i think it's, i watched him roll it was like it's not like he brought, he brought it and it's like trust me i, I rolled nothing under a 16 no i watched those rolls <laughs> so so we start this one shot and I mean, to keep it kind of short, um, we decided mutually that this character just died and never made it to meet the other character characters Aww. because I rolled so many crit failures. Jeff was doing everything he could to try <laughs> to make the character succeed, but he basically Aww. got overrun by undead in a church and killed. <laughs> nice. So it could have shaped up to be an amazing character except the dice were very, very bipolar that day. <laughs> Goes from an amazing character to a dungeon crawl classic grinder crawl. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, so the D6s wow. loved him. The D20 hated him. Yep. Yep. Oof. So uh, as for my cop-out, my, my other favorite character is, has to be Grix from our previous Star Wars game. Um, <laughs> oh. It was just so much fun for me to play. I loved playing that sharpshooter who could literally pick people off when he was completely out of their range to fire back. And I so fondly remember like our second session when I made um, a shot roll and I rolled three triumphs. It was beautiful. It was, it was gorgeous. Beautiful. That was the one inside the communications center that uh, was ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, shooters are fun. As one shot takes out everybody and silently, you don't even disturb people's lunch. Yep. It was, it was glorious and... Um, yeah, just an all-around fun character to play. So even though it was just in the last campaign, Grix was my my favorite character. Still has yeah. all those those close feels for you. <laughs> yep. Right. So my... Who's going next? Go ahead, Jeff. Okay. You're talking. Uh, my... <laughs> uh, my favorite, I had a, uh, uh, there was a Pathfinder game a friend of mine was running, and uh, I was playing a Halfling Cavalier. Uh, no. <laughs> who what was your horse, a, man? It worked, well, he, he, he rode a dire wolf. <laughs> oh, got it. That's awesome. <laughs> and, you know, he was just uh, incredibly fun to play. Uh, again, you know, sort of like Grix. He, he he was the best at what he did, and if, if it was stabbing you with his lance, he, oh, he did some massive amounts of, of charge damage, and uh, 
the the part of it, the campaign was just uh, was a blast. We were, we were running a uh, a um, an adventure path uh, that a friend of mine found and uh, running it on a uh, basically play by post uh, method. And it uh, it you know he, he was just a blast to play. Just the you know the, especially being you know non standard in terms of oh, okay I'm gonna do I'm gonna be basically the I'm going to be the tank of the group, but I'm a halfling. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That's awesome. I was kind of wanted to do a a halfling paladin riding a war dog sometime. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Well, and, and, I, I had fun naming him. I named him Calamac because I I'm looking into uh the uh, in in um, Tolkien's uh. Uh, the appendices, he pointed out that uh, Mary uh, of Mary and Pippin fame, the, that he chose Mary's name is the translation uh, from uh, the old Westron that uh, in the original Red, Red Book of, of, Red, of Westmarch, uh, Mary's name was Calamac or Callie. Oh, so, okay, cool. okay. I'm gonna steal that name. <laughs> That's a perfect halfling name. If if Tolkien came up with it, it can't be bad. Right. So I'm gonna like it's hard because I have like two characters that I've really enjoyed playing. I really like playing Shadow, which is my Tabaxi. Um, I love Shadow. <laughs> she's a cleric of the dead and our cleric of death. Of death or of the dead? No, of the grave. The grave of the grave. That's what it is. Thank you. <laughs> and um, she is a cat. So you'd think that she would be a cleric of fast, that... but but she's not. <laughs> she's of Anubis <laughs> because Anubis is the god of the underworld, right? He's the he's the one who judges your soul. And apparently, because she's a cat, her and Anubis got into an argument. And so at the beginning of each session, I roll. And if I roll low, I'm with um, Bast. And if I roll high, I'm with Anubis. Mm-hmm. And it's just a whole bunch of fun to play the different different types of characters, right? One of them is chaotic and one of them is lawful. It's really fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had a human paladin that I played in 13th Age, which was, she like, because it's me, she couldn't hit anything. But she had a sword named Blazentorg the Bloody. And Blazentorg did wonderful things when she actually fed him blood. Unfortunately, she fed him air far more than she ever fed him blood. And he would get really grumpy and shitty and say like mean things to her when she was trying to do stuff. It sounds terrible, but it was so much fun. My GM had a blast with my absolute inability to hit anything with this amazing sword. <laughs> like he had all of these pluses, and the the more you struck somebody, the like if you hit them lightly, the next time you hit them, it would do like double damage. The next time it would hit you like triple damage. It was like a low level character, so that wasn't terrible. But um, man, yeah, it was it was pretty awful because then it started feeding off of me because I couldn't hit anything. It was pretty fun. 
Oh my goodness. With the lazen porks getting his blood one way or another. So. There's a blood lot of for the blood blade. <laughs> it very much enjoyed it. That's awesome. Nice. Nice. All right. Well, I guess that's me then, huh? Yep. So mine's like kind of a toss up between two from way back in the day when I was a wee lad and uh, playing like. So like last week? Yeah, I wish. <laughs> yeah. I wish. Um, playing uh, AD&D second edition and I probably my, so I had a halfling thief or rogue and then my other was a uh, elven cavalier who was despised kind of by the DGM. It was a new thing out of Dragon Magazine. You know, it was contrary to the original concept of the cavalier which was all melee you know that's all the honor of fighting so you know the elven cavalier allowed bow use you know range combat but but my halfling always stuck with me especially after dragon lance came out because um and i learned about that and stuff because my halfling was basically the original kinder before I ever knew what a kinder was, but I worked out with the gym, you know, that yes, he was a klepto and <laughs> the party that we played with that I played with back in the day, we really had a good time with stuff because we would pass post-its all the time around the table. So you would just randomly get a, a post-it from the GM and say, how's it going? <laughs> <laughs> or pretend like this is important and you would send stuff back and so nobody knew what anybody was doing so you know when i always you know somebody all of a sudden got something and posted you know i mean it could be anything or it could be nothing you never knew so you know so it it was entertaining um i was always finding new and interesting things in my pockets um <laughs> The party almost wiped because I had the wand that the wizard needed in combat in my pockets. <laughs> I, had to, I don't even know how it got there. In combat, make a stealth roll to try to stick it back into his pockets. So he <laughs> had it for combat without getting caught. Obviously, um, just got lost in the folds of his robe. Yeah, so... So it was that was great very that you were there to find it for him. I, well, exactly. So, you know, I saved the party um, right. from the wipe that I almost caused. So, <laughs> so, <laughs> so that was that was really fun. And like I said, that was well before I'd ever saw the Dragonland stuff come out and the Klepto Kinders, the Halfling Kleptos, basically, as a race. Um, but my... Elven Cavalier was probably my longest played character. So he was, like I said, Elven Cavalier, so he could use bows and stuff. And he went through quite the life cycle. Um, we ended up in a keep of the slod. I don't know if you're familiar with the slod, but they're like these frog kind of humanoids and they're different colored slod. And, and they we lay like eggs in through, you. We were going through like barracks after barracks of slot it was like holy shit it's just a grind and you know cavalier 
you know, the Cavalier, it's like, you know, you got to fight with honor. You can't just go whacking people. Just upside killing the head. people willy nilly. <laughs> yeah. So one, <laughs> one room we go in, it's like, shit. Or another bear's law, and he just charged in, just started whacking people. And so the next room, or, or a little bit later, I get a little notes like, well, that wasn't very cavalier like. Like, ah. <laughs> so the next barracks we come into, I, I bust open the door and I'm like, stand to and prepare to fight. And the party's looking at me like, what the hell are you doing, dude? <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean- on the plus Arm side, yourselves. <laughs> on the plus side, when you're fighting them, they're evil creatures, they're aberrations, and they lay eggs when they claw you. Ew. You know. Yeah, they're, they're it's more weird. sportsmanlike. Yes, but you had to have you had to have honor, you know. Even mm-hmm. though I could use clothes, yeah. I still had to. So, and then he became an elven vampire in later <laughs> evolution. Yes. <laughs> Which made it even more interesting because now we had to come up with the whole concept of what that looks like in gameplay as a player and so forth. And yeah, really made daytime adventuring very difficult. <laughs> Why does the, the elf there have an umbrella of darkness? Yeah. So he was probably one of my finest. Like I said, one of my longest played. And then again with that same party with, you know, the, the, random notes and stuff i tell you if you ever play live and stuff and if you haven't tried it you know having post-its and everybody just kind of randomly every so often passing notes and stuff mm. it it's entertaining keeps people on their toes you don't know what's happening and you can do stuff where yeah you know a little shanghai stuff and people aren't well people are paranoid but they don't know where to be paranoid at and then again <laughs> And there's nothing that brings table paranoia than little notes, especially when the GM just, you know, sends a note saying, hey, how was your week? Or really shocked when you read this. Yeah. It's like, oh, there's a cool looking rock to the right of you. Like, oh, great. Thanks. (laughs) And of course, your random notes to the GM. It's like, yeah, it it made it fun. (laughs) You know, a little bit of that inner voice, personal stuff happening that not everybody knew about, so when things happen, I mean, I got, my rogue got caught multiple times with, like, stuff. He's like, ha, ha, don't know what you're talking about. It was, you, you fell out of your pocket. <laughs> That's been in my pocket the whole time. And I carried it for you all this time. You didn't even realize you had dropped it. I mean, come on. <laughs> I mean, really, I was just being helpful. Yeah. Yeah, he, he like I said, he was fun. Kept sleight of hand and say, dude, that just fell out of your pocket. You might have a hole in it. Right? <laughs> he <laughs> dropped it a while back. Put a hole in there what? just so that I may have put the hole there to catch coins when you put them in the pocket, <laughs> but there might be a hole in your pocket. You just might want to check in on that sometime. Yeah, it was. I just get a note. It's like, oh, you got a wand, then then your bag. Like, uh, crap. <laughs> like, Son of a bitch. Now I got to figure out a time to try to get this put back. Uh. <laughs> you mean the wand of so, awesomeness this, had a use? <laughs> yeah. 
Because, like I said, I didn't even know I was stealing stuff. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no, yeah. It wasn't like I was choosing most of the time. It was a, it was a, it's a sickness, kleptomania. Ah, uh, back when No, but you usually you know when you've done it. <laughs> yeah, but I don't know. Are you a klepto? Do you know what that mental state's like? I don't know. I don't know. I work with one. <laughs> Where did all these that things count? come from? Right? There might not be a totally conscious, like, forward thought on what's happening. That was pretty fun. They would return things to my desk. (laughs) So if somebody was missing something, they'd come to my desk to see where it was. Your desk becomes the lost and found. (laughs) Pretty much. Like, I would come in in the morning and be like, okay, who is missing this? It's all very exciting. (laughs) Yeah. You were a safe space. Apparently. Uh, Gold is like that teacher that says, I'm going to turn the lights off. And when they're back on, the item (laughs) better be on the table in the middle of the room. And no one will be punished (laughs) for it. And the best part is I keep my word. (laughs) Teachers say that, and then the little bitches aren't telling you the truth. See, that's (laughs) not cool. So for my favorite character, I'm going to have to go one that'll make Kelly groan when I say Mem Darwin. Uh-oh. One of my favorite Uh-oh. D&D characters that made it from 2nd edition to 3rd edition to 3.5 edition. He was a jerk half-elf bard. Who's jerk uh, is the operative term. Who was <laughs> a little more scold than bard. He'd be more, you know, roguish storyteller instead of singer. But uh, he, he was he was just a fun character that always went for spells and abilities that had utility use as opposed to the OP destruction or the uh, way too broken to not take spells. Even though he had a lot of really good spells because that's what you do. And you know, and he had the devil's luck. Oh yeah, literally. Whenever <laughs> I played that character, I could jokingly say. Mim Darwin needs a natural 20 right now, and like it was a 50 50 shot that 20 was coming out or a 1 was coming out. He, he was a brazen, oh, boastful bastard. That's why I totally gave him the, the Irish accent. And you know, when uh, 3.0 was out, you could multi class, he totally went rogue and uh, was, was probably going to go assassin at one point if we ever got games into that high enough level, which we never did. But uh, there was just something about being able to use poisons to take somebody out along with bard magic. Because, you know, why work harder when you can work smarter? Right. Or when you can use him later on as an NPC and tell players, hey, if you want to kill that level 10 guard that you have a heart on for, why not poison him as a low-level character and then make it easy to murder him? (laughs) Right, Kelly? Yeah. Uh oh. At least sounds bitter. <laughs> and the best part is, is it was a pain in my ass. As as every time <laughs> Kelly's character tried to accost him, even though he's a cocky prick, she would almost always roll a natural one while she tried to attack him. And and the thing is he would say, uh, you're gonna roll a natural one you're gonna roll a one and sure enough I would. It, it was his it was his so magic like, ability. So he, he just kept, you know, and I was a half-elf um, ranger, 
and um, uh, we found this secret door. So we were going through it, and he was just pissing me off. And so I rolled to strike him. And when on we were a on spiral the staircase. On a spare, and I roll, and he goes, you're going to run a natural one. And sure enough, I rolled a natural one, and I wound up falling down the entire stairs yeah. all the way down. Yeah. Oh, no. Or what I consider the best surprise attack ever when you come rolling out to the smuggler's, you know, secret cave and you fall down the stairwell and go, ha ha. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh. But, yeah. Being an asshole kind of reminded me of another character I had a good time with, but back in the day. <laughs> had a yeah, he was clerk. an asshole, all right. He was an asshole. Yeah. Mine wasn't an asshole. He was just a half orc cleric with like a super low charisma, so he didn't have the social graces. <laughs> I mean, the best thing with Memdal when I liked was he had this whole Scarlet Pumpernel thing. Nice. So he, he could be the asshole fop, but he was actually secretly re- running a few rebel groups, you know, just to screw with the monarchy because, you know, hey, peasantry has to revolt. It's their job. <laughs> It's practically in the job description. It is. Right. What do you mean I have to ask someone's permission to move out of the county? That's just crap. Can't ask somebody's permission for them to fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> hey, consent is important. That's right. <laughs> so I think nice. that wraps up our RPG a day twenty twenty three. Everybody everybody jumped in there. Yep. No character's voice in the back of your skull says, talk about me, talk about me. Oh, there's lots that do that. Right? <laughs> yeah, there were there were quite a few more in there, but... Uh... I mean, the, part of it is I was limiting to my favorite of characters I've played. As a GM, I've got lots of <laughs> favorite characters of people that have played characters <laughs> that, were, that were fun. But uh, that wasn't the prompt. <laughs> it's always good when you get those because you're just like, oh, I'm in love with your character. I feel bad. I'm going to have to do bad things to them now. <laughs> but they need that for character development. <laughs> it builds character. Do we? Only to be fair, we must give you character development. So, speaking of character development, as the camera slowly pans down onto the planet, as we're in the city plaza, there's a beautiful statue of Palpatine's benevolent hands pouring forth water into the fountain. Someone's totally going to blow that up eventually, I sense. Your rebel group was there to meet a uh, friendly contact you know of that uh, had vital information to pass along to you. And uh, you guys planned accordingly. You spread your guys' selves out pretty good, it looks like. Is that good with where you guys are now? Thank you for listening to the Creative Play and Podcast Network. 
If you enjoyed our show, please check out D&D Journey of the 5th Edition and Ragnarok and roll a Scion Hero to Ragnarok Story. Also, check out our Patreon page for more content and behind-the-scenes things, as well as joining us for a one-shot game or two.